Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, brought to you by Sober Network. This, I am your host, Jamie Brickhouse. And today we have Tim Lodgen joining us, who he's here to recover out loud on Sober Podcast. Thanks for joining us on the show, Tim. It's great to have you. Oh, Jamie, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you having me on, and, and I look forward to sharing with your audience. Great. Well, I mean, I know you've got an amazing story to tell, and or to share. And I see that you battled addiction and uh, bipolar disorder for 27 years. Um, And of course, we can't cover all that in the time that we have today. But after 27 years, what was it that made you decide to surrender? What was there a particular turning moment for you? There, there absolutely was. And, um, you know, we all have our own rock bottoms. And, and for me, um, not only was I at the rock bottom, but I still had a shovel in my hand and I was still trying to dig further. What got me into rehab, what was the last straw was, um, you know, I, I, I lost control of my ability to control my addiction and my mental health. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to control it anymore. Where I thought for so long I had it under control. Yeah. It got to a point where I was drinking myself to death and, and, and drugging myself to death, and I didn't care. And that is a scary place to be when you give up all inhibitions and, and you just you, you pretty much just say, F it, I don't care. I just want the pain to end. And that's where I found myself. And I had been there several times. I, I tried committing suicide two other times. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and I still made it through and I still did not know what my purpose was in life. But my, my ultimate rock bottom was, was finally when my wife had enough, she kicked me out of my, my home with my children. And yeah. 
that for me, you know, was the ultimate and end all be all is if, if my wife truly wanted me out of the home away from my children, what else do I have left? What else do I have? What purpose do I have? And, you know, I, Leading up to me getting kicked out, I, I, I just got a brand new truck. I was leaving the liquor store and I hit something. I go home and I say, I, I hit something. I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to bed. And I wake up the next morning, like every good alcoholic, good morning, hon. I'm going to the store. What do you need from the store? Uh-huh. And she's like, how are you, how you going to do that? And I said, in my truck. She says, go look at your vehicle. And I go outside and, and my side mirror is hanging off. My right front passenger tire is all up underneath of the truck. I, I literally don't know how I drove it home. Wow. And and she pops her head out to, at the door and says, you have no memory of what you hit last night, do you? I said, no, I don't. She said, you could have killed somebody or killed yourself. Mm. You, can, you can't stay here anymore. You have to go leave and figure this out, but I don't want you by the kids anymore. So I, I go to my friend's house and I figure, you know, let me stay there for a couple of days. Let some things blow over. You know, she'll yeah. let me back in the house, you know, when she everything calms down. Because that's what I was used to. You know, just let some, let some days go by. And I get to my friend's house and his solution was, well, your wife just kicked you out. We might as well go to the bar because now you have a legitimate reason to drink. Your wife just kicked you out. Of course. Okay. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the bar. So we go to the bar less than 16 hours later of me hitting something. And as I'm leaving the bar completely drunk, I rear end somebody at the red light. Mm. And I get out and I, and I said, are you okay? He said, I'm fine. I said, well, your vehicle's fine. He had like a tow hitch on the back of his truck. So his truck wasn't touched. But the front of my bumper now is all smashed in. So I slapped him on his back. I got in my truck and I took off because I knew I was going to jail for drunk driving. Yeah, I get to my buddy's house and I'm like, man, I, I've got to be by myself. I I, I got to leave. I'm just going to go be by myself because I don't know, you know, what's going on. So I leave his house and I stop at the liquor store and I get ten more Fireball miniatures. That was my drink of choice. Oh and wow! At I don't even point, know what those are. I'm. <laughs> we don't have to talk. So about Fireball that. whiskey, yeah, it's, oh, it's whiskey, okay. but they're, they're in, the, in the tiny little miniatures. And, oh okay. Um, I was drinking. 25 to 30 miniatures a day. Wow. One miniature is two and a half shots. So I was drinking upwards of 50 to 70 shots of fireball whiskey every single day. Mm. And I get my whiskey and I go and I park my truck at a parking ride. And I turn my phone off for 48 hours. And I sit there and I, I'm drinking and passing out and drinking and passing out and listening to sad ass music and just going through the whole pity party me, you know, my, my kids are better off without me as a father. My wife's better off without me as a husband. My, my mom is better off without me with a son. You know, why am I here? What's my purpose? Completely just doing the whole depressive, you know, why am I alive scenario? Yeah. And after 48 hours of having my phone off, I turned my phone on at seven after 10 in the morning on March 5th, 2021. And two minutes later, my phone rings. And this is after two days of having it completely off. And I look down and I don't recognize the phone number. Mm -hmm. So I pick it up and I'm like, hello. And it's my childhood friend, Brandon Novak, who I grew up with from Jackass and Viva La Bam. And he's got five and a half, almost six years sober at this point. And he says, Lodgin, what in the F are you doing? And I say, I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm tired and I'm drunk. And he says, good. 
that's what you need. He said, I just got off the phone with your wife and your mom. I have a plane ticket ready for you this evening. I want you to go down to Banyan Treatment Centers in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I need you to go down there and get help. He says, just promise me when you pass security that you call me because I want to make sure that you're getting on that plane and you're not going to catch a cab and leave the airport. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Hang up the phone. Maybe five, 10 minutes goes by and my wife calls and she says, hey, um, I just got off the phone with Brandon. Can you please come home and shower? Try to take a nap. I had about five hours before the plane left. Um, Pack your bags and try to eat something. So I said, okay, I'll come home. And and I take a shower and I pack my bags. I couldn't eat nothing and I couldn't sleep. My anxiety is through the roof at this time. I'm having panic attacks. My mind's racing because I don't know what I'm entailed. Am I going for 30 days? Am I going for six months? I don't know. I got to leave the state away from my kids. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. And and I'm completely lost. And as I'm sitting on the edge of my bed, my mental illness and my addictive personality grabs me by the hand yeah, and walks me to the basement of my home and throws a rope around my neck. Mm. It stands me up on a bucket and mm. tells me to step off and end the pain because we can't take it anymore. And I listen and I, and I go to the basement of my home and, and I put a rope around my neck and I stand up on a bucket. And about a minute, maybe, maybe two minutes goes by and my wife realizes I'm not in the bedroom anymore. Right. And she comes down to the basement. And she sees me in the corner of our home in the basement in the in the dark, standing on a bucket with a rope around my neck, hysterically crying. And she says, What are you doing? And I said, I I I can't do this. I just want the pain to stop. I don't know how to make it stop. And she looks at me and says, Tim, do you know what this will do to your little girls? Please, please get down and get on that plane this evening. Get on that plane. Everything is going to be okay. And I waited about a minute and I take the rope around off of my neck and I fall to the floor and I'm crying. And I go upstairs and I call my friend Brandon. And I'm like, hey, um, I'm going. I, I have to go. If I don't get on that plane this evening, this disease of mental illness and addiction is going to take my life. And and, and I don't want that. And all he says is, I'm, I'm proud of you. I love you. Call me when you pass security. So my mom picks me up and takes me to the airport and I get to, to get to the airport and I, and I pass security and I call them. I say, Hey, I'm past security. I got 30 minutes for the plane boards. I just want to let you know I'm getting on the plane. And all he says is I'm proud of you. I love you. You're about to get back everything that you've lost times 10. And he hangs up the phone. Yeah. As I, as I go to sit down in the seat, waiting for them to call me to board the plane. As I sit down in the seat, I get this overwhelming feeling of hope that engulfs my entire body. It was a warm blanket feeling that I've never felt in my entire life, better than any drug or any alcohol has ever made me feel. It went over my entire body at the exact moment. My depression went away, my panic. My worry, Mm -hmm. my anxiety went away. My racing thoughts left my body. And at the exact moment, I hear this calming, 
woman's voice in my head say, everything is going to be okay. Something happened to me at that airport, some spiritual awakening, some 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 gift that was given to me that came from someplace else that if I were not to acknowledge what happened to me that day in that airport, what a waste of a gift that was trying to be given to me. When I got to rehab, I went 100% into everything that they asked me to do. That's amazing. I did I, all I, the I meetings. Say, yeah, it's an amazing part of your story um, that you went from uh, that moment of utter hopelessness, you know, going down to the basement uh, and then, you know, what, 24 hours, a few hours later on the plane um, filled with hope. That is just incredible. I I, I try to explain it. Uh, something happened um, and I'm not a very, very spiritual or religious person whatsoever. Um, I, I can't ignore what, what happened to me in that airport. It was so overwhelming and so powerful. It made me realize that I was right where I needed to be at the exact time of my life to save my life and, and to change my life forever. Fabulous. Um, How long have you yeah. been sober, sober now? Um, 17 and a half months after 27 years of battling addiction and mental illness. Wow. Congratulations. Listen, we're going to um, break for a quick commercial break and um, yep. and then we're going to hear more about how you stay sober today. So stick with us. We'll be back in a few seconds. The Sober Podcast is giving a voice to recovery and is now part of the Soberverse. Join our new virtual sober environment where you can connect with other people like yourself or find helpful resources on the following digital spaces. Soberverse.com, Sobernetwork.com, Sober.com, Sobersystems.com, Soberpodcast.com, Sobercoin.com, and RecoveryCoaches.com. And we are back talking to Tim. So, Tim, you told us that amazing story of um, going from, you know, that bottom, utter, utter uh, hopelessness to hope. And you've been sober 17 and a half months. What do you do to stay sober now? Um, when I first got out of rehab, I, I made it imperative that I did the 90 and 90. They, they really yeah. focused on making 90 and 90. And I actually ended up doing 98 meetings in 90 days. Hmm. Um, I got myself a sponsor. I started working the steps. I started reading more about sobriety and recovery. I, I educated myself on, you know, our addictions are usually a byproduct of some type of trauma or some type of mental illness that we have right. not dealt with. And the way that the way that we deal with it is through a, an addictive, you know, means. Yes. And I started to learn to love myself again and to accept that the 27 years that I had to go through didn't happen to me. It happened for me for a reason. It happened for me. So I, I could understand. Oh, I, like that. I just want to, I just want to, um, just uh, pause to uh, to recap what you said or to uh, your it's a great line you said um, I started to look at the things that uh, as things that didn't happen to me but for me so. absolutely yeah no I I, I my perspective on on everything changed my perspective is huge my mindset of perspective and I realized it was happening for me for me to understand how how truly 
amazing and, and grateful I should be for having a life in the first place. Mm-hmm. This gift of life is, is, is just that. It's a gift. And so many of us take it for granted. So many of us don't look at the things that we were given. I was always that half glass empty guy. Where are the rest of the rest of my drink? Why isn't there ice cubes in it? Why isn't it overflowing the top? Now I'm just so thankful that my glass has something in it to quench my thirst. My perspective on everything has changed. I had to go through 27 years for in order for me to finally understand my purpose in life. Yeah. I was lost for so long because I never really knew why I was supposed to be here. Now I understand I'm here to share my story with those still suffering in hopes to know that there is help out there. They can recover and they can ultimately live the life that they've always dreamed of. You know, I gave up hope. It almost took my life on three occasions. What I finally understand is hope stands for hold on, pain ends. It always ends. Everything always changes and everything can always be okay. Just don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Understand that what is happening in our lives happens for us to become a better human being all the way around. Absolutely. What do you, what would you say um, in the 17 months uh, you've been sober, what's been the greatest achievement? I would say the greatest achievement is being able to understand that it's okay that I have a mental illness. I have bipolar mm-hmm. one disorder. That's okay. It's not something that I was, uh, you know, shun- it's not something to be shunned about. It's not something that happened because there was something wrong with me. It's just right. something that I was born with. Not to be ashamed of myself anymore, to actually love the person that I see looking back in the mirror every day. I didn't love myself for so long. I really didn't. And the greatest gift, I believe, is to be able to not only love myself, but to genuinely be able to love others around me and to show with gratitude how much they mean to me, where I took so many things for granted in life, so many things. Yeah, yeah. I'm at peace with myself, finally. I I don't have that anxiety, that, that, that panic that runs through my body anymore. I don't have that turmoil up in my brain anymore. Um, um, I'm calm. I'm, I'm loving. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be alive. And I'm now able to express that to my family and friends, which is something I've never been able to do. It's always like I had a mask on or yeah. I had this other, sh- other shield blocking everybody from coming in and finding the real me. I love this person now. I, um, I, I was always an alpha male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was always just, just, I was a Marine. I was a golden glove boxer, junior Olympic boxer. You know, I, I was a mixed martial arts fighter. I'm, I'm now um, competing in my first bodybuilding show in November. I've always done these alpha things. But what makes me truly happy is knowing who I am now. And That's understanding. an incredible achievement. Yeah, yeah. What would it, you it, say? It, is, it really is. is. Is the most difficult struggle you have overcome uh, while in sobriety, and how did you overcome it? Forgiving myself, 
for holding on to the past, um, accepting the things happened that happened to me as a child and, and a young man were not my fault. Understanding that, you know, I, I held on to a lot of things from my childhood thinking it was my fault. And that, that drove me to drink and drug, that, that I blamed myself for. And the older I got, the more in, in recovery and sobriety that I got, I understood that it, none of it was my fault. I wasn't a, a victim of circumstance. Unfortunately, things happened to us growing up that, that we have no control over. And um, I've learned to accept my past. I've learned to accept my story. And overcoming that has, has been one of the most difficult things that I've been able to forgive myself about. I've been able to forgive myself. That's yeah. been really, really hard. And you did that um, and you were able to to achieve that in sobriety through um, how were you able to do that? Or, um, I, I, re, I, re, I read a lot on, on I read a lot of spiritual things. I read a lot of uh, mental health um, journals. Right. Um, I, I, I try I try to practice what I preach now. Um, you know, I try to help as many people as possible. Helping people and hearing their story helps me as well. It enlightens me on things that have happened to me as well. It, it, it's another form of therapy for me when I hear other people's stories. I'm like, wow, okay, that happened to me. And their perspective on what happened to them helps me to understand better my perspective of what happened to me. You know, going to the gym, eating properly, getting my proper eight hours of sleep every night. I stopped worrying about the future, which which eliminated a lot of my anxiety. I always wondered what was coming up next. I've learned to live in the now, live in the day, and be appreciative of every day that I wake up and just enjoy that specific day. Uh, if I can't change it, then why why worry about it? Totally. I totally agree. And that's a great um a great place for us to end as much as I hate to end. Um, but thank you, Tim, so much for coming on and sharing your story. And I'm sure what you just shared today helped a lot of people. Um, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Uh, my main platform is Instagram and it's at T Lodgen. Um, I, I'm completely open. My messages are open. If you ever need anybody to talk to or just listen to your story or if you have any questions about mental health or illness i mean mental illness or addiction i completely answer everybody's messages i'm here to help if i can't i would like to direct you into a path that could possibly help you you know it's my journey's all there so right so we can everybody can follow me on instagram um, and I'm Jamie Brickhouse, your host, and you can find me on uh, TikTok where I tell a true story wearing high heels every day. Um, Jamie underscore Brickhouse is my handle on TikTok. And I'm the author of Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of Boo, Sex, and My Mother, which is about uh, my um, alcohol and recovery memoir. And you can find that on Amazon, but you can find, you can find all my stuff on jamiebrickhouse.com on my website. And again, Tim, thank you for your willingness to be a guest. It's been wonderful, uh, hearing your story and talking to you and I'm Jamie Brickhouse. 
signing out for the Sober Podcast. And we will be back with another show next week. So join us then. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.